Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about keeping your edge. Oh, we all need an edge, don't we? Yeah, I wasn't thinking it but until I just said it out loud, but it was very Game, game of Thronesy. It was like season one of Game of Thrones, like lots of edges in that, in that, that season. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the kind of edge. We're talking about peak performance, ladies and gentlemen, for authorities. Yeah. Well, peak performance, you know, not necessarily in like the athletic sense as I think about it, but it's that mind, body, spirit, like when you're on the edge where everything's in kind of the right balance. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's an awesome place to be. Mm -hmm. Cool. So yeah, so let's break it down into those, those three categories and we can kind of like just have a conversation about, you know, maybe what we do for each of those things or maybe what, you know, students or other people that we know do to to keep those three different, uh, it's almost like three different batteries to charge. You know, it's like, how do you keep your brain, your body, and your spirit uh, charged up? Exactly. Yeah. And I think everybody has a different combination that works for them. And at least for me, when I first started out in my career, it took a while to find that kind of right balance. And then it changed over time too, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, if you have kids or you suddenly get married or have a a live-in partner, you know, your life changes. Yeah, so your 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 routine and your activities that you use to address the particular category, certainly for me, have changed over the years quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But but if you let them go, that has always gotten me into trouble, uh, for sure. Uh, so let's start with mind. You know, so what do you think of when you think of keeping your mind? Keeping your, your mind's edge. I know, you do Sudoku, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's this weird video game I found. I got hooked on it for like three weeks and I had to stop. Oh, I no. mean, seriously, it was like an addiction. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, where you find words in these, these boxes and I, I had to stop. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, well, for me, it's reading. You know, that's always my first place that, that I go to. Mm-hmm. And... I obviously I like to read things that are what I call big idea books. You know, we've had a lot of those kinds of authors on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love biographies too. There's something about reading somebody else's story um, that's hopefully true. You know, that's what I like well written biographies, not the trashy ones. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting to see how somebody else lived through a particular time in history and how they dealt with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I love that. And, and I've gotten into podcasts, surprise, surprise. Uh. Um, you know, and what I like about podcasts are that you don't have a visual image, so you can put the image on it. Right. If that makes sense. So like when I'm reading a novel, I imagine what the characters look like, what they're wearing, how they're interaction, interacting, you know, I have this vision of it. And with a podcast, depending on which one it is, you know, it, it allows your mind to, to roam a little bit while you're still absorbing information and, and some of those great podcast voices. <laughs> you know, I love those. <laughs> you should talk like that all the time. <laughs> you think? Uh, I love those. Yeah. You sound like Seuss from Gravity Falls. Parent well, joke. there you go. Yeah, there you go. So I, I uh, it's going to surprise you probably not at all that a lot of those are similar with me. Um, so I'll just pile on and say uh, absolutely books, especially big idea books. Um, but one one additional thing I'll add there is I lean toward or I, I have like a, a fondness for old books that are still big sellers. So something hmm. about something it's something about a book that was written in like the 80s, 70s, 60s that's still relevant because I, I feel like okay, they nailed something. Like there's something there that they totally nailed. Yeah. And it to to have a music analogy, it reminds me a little bit of like listening to the original Pretty Woman versus the Van Halen version. You're like, oh, I see. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, uh, I think Howlin' Wolf was a big inspiration on the Rolling Stones. And when you listen to the real genuine article or when you read the person who originally had the thought, it's like, oh, man, like this person spawned, uh, you know, a, a thousand echoes created a thousand Mm -hmm. echoes of this same exact idea, but they actually nailed it right out of the gate. And all these echoes are just echoes. You're not listening to the real. So I like to kind of, I wouldn't call it quite going to the source, but it's pretty reliable that you can read a book that has been, you know, a business bestseller for 40 years, 
50 years and be like, wow, that is really good. And, and that's not really my experience with like newer books. A, a lot of, a lot of newer books are great and they're tackling things that are current, you know, I don't know, like a book about AI or Kevin Kelly's book about the inevitable and technology. And I mean, that stuff couldn't have been written 50 years ago, but, uh, or it would have been sci-fi, <laughs> but <laughs> I think there's something to, I, I, if I was going to give a piece of advice, it'd be like, go back and, and read some, read some of the classics. Like, what are some examples? Harry Brown's sales book. It's from the fifties. Um, uh, Claude Hopkins. I think he, uh, Claude Hopkins, I think his was scientific advertising. Uh, some of the old, um, maybe Dale Carnegie. Um, what's some other? Oh, Nathaniel Hill. Yeah. Isn't Napoleon Hill? Napoleon. Yes. Thank yeah. you. I was sitting here trying to remember either the name or the author. Yeah. yeah it's Napoleon Hill. You're right. Uh, E-Myth, Michael Gerber. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's probably a dozen classic books that you could get from anybody's, anybody's list. I, I actually have a reading list on my site. If you want to go, it's like jonathanstark.com slash reading list. And there's a bunch of classics on there and, and there's some new ones too, but it, it, it's like, it's a crapshoot. When I get a book that just came out in the last year or so, sometimes I'm like, oh man, this, this is one chapter stretched into 10 you know, or like, uh, it's just not boiled down. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's unfortunately common that I'll get a new book. That's, it's essentially one idea that's just stretched out like really, really long. Well, you know, there's another way to do that too. Is like, if you take, you know, the quote unquote original book, and then you read some of the ones that came after that were well done mm-hmm. is really interesting. And there's, there's two kind of themes I'm thinking of. One is, um, I believe it was Robert Bly who first um, started writing about what 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 most people call men's work. Okay, <laughs> and this it's this idea of how men evolve differently than women, and he was the first person to really write about it. And then there's all this other stuff that's come after that's really interesting, and everybody kind of takes a little piece of it and runs with it. The other one that I I just love is the artist's way. Um, by Julia Cameron. And there are so many, so much of the, of the work we read now about innovation and creativity mm-hmm. came out of some of that. Like Liz Gilbert had a, a best-selling book, not as, you know, big as her first one, um, on, um, oh, I can't remember the title of it. I think it has magic in the title. And she picked up on a lot of the themes from Julia Cameron's book, but took them in some new directions and used current examples. And so one of the things I love to do is do that journey, like start with that original book mm-hmm. and then see which ones came after and, you know, cherry pick, you know, don't, don't yeah. waste time with the people who didn't get it. But it's, it's sometimes it's really interesting to see how an idea has evolved too. Yeah, that's true. So I did one of the, one of the things, uh, first of all, thanks for the recommendation. I've heard of that book, but never read it and wouldn't have connected it to innovation. So I'm definitely going to read that now. Um, the, the other thing that occurs to me about newer books, if, you know, assuming that it's newer and that the author is still active, a lot of times, instead of running out and buying the book, they almost always have done some kind of like podcast tour. So, mm. or like they've done a bunch of videos. So like, like I haven't yet read Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, but I've watched like 40 videos or pot, listened to 40 podcast <laughs> episodes of him talking about the theme. And I feel like I don't even need to read the book now. Because, yeah. And it's good. I mean, the his his stuff is great. Like him being interviewed is really good. He, like he's got some strong talks on it. He's got a masterclass now in, you know, like the in the masterclass app. So, you know, at, at some point I, I know I'll read that book because negotiation is like a really important skill. And he's got a crazy street cred. His street cred is unbelievable. So uh, and, and everything I've heard from him is like, wow, that makes total sense. And I never would have thought of it, you know, mm. so really really interesting but that's an ex- just like a little pro tip i guess if if you're thinking about getting a new business book it's like listen to the person on podcasts and you'll sniff out a phony right away yeah well cuz yeah my reaction as you were saying that is that means he's done a really good job of of translating his topic and yeah you probably don't need to read the book i mean you might just because there's some interesting things in there maybe it you know plops ideas into categories in a new way for you mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 A lot lot of times, even if I get, if I get one insight out of a a 200 page book, I like it's money well spent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, there's one other thing that I do to keep myself 
sort of educated, keep my mind sharp is I actually, I actually do coaching with other people or I'll, I'll buy their programs. Like I buy stuff, not just books, but like courses. Yes. I'd be like, you know, like even if I know how to do this stuff in the course, I, I'm like, I just want to see if this person is communicating any of the ideas in a way that's smarter or more effective or, you know, or maybe they have a different angle on it that unlocks not to teach me how to do it, but I want to see how they teach it. And hopefully, you know, there's, I feel, I definitely feel like there are some people who I avoid because I'm afraid <laughs> it, it'll look like we're copying each other or something. Yeah. Um, so I tried, I, I do try to be real careful with that, but, um, but if somebody's got a great metaphor or something like that, you better believe I'm going to use it because it's it's not about me taking somebody's idea. It's about it's about if somebody has a great metaphor that's just going to turn a light bulb on for people that are listening to me, I'm going to use it. So you know, if I don't think that's I don't feel like that's over the line, uh, but I recognize that it's getting right up to it. Uh, but that's one of the things I do. Like I buy other people's courses. I buy courses that I'm that that you know for stuff that I think. I could be better at, you know, so like, uh, what's, yeah. an, what's an example of a recent one? Oh, I, I, I bought, uh, Ingrid Lil's drawing course. Mm. So like I stink at drawing and I, you know, and I've been doing this comic and, uh, I need to learn how to draw it now. <laughs> I made the comic first using like stock stuff. And now I, the, the tool I use has been discontinued. Oh, no. Right. So like <laughs> I got kicked off of the back of the boat and like now I got to figure out how to draw it, my own comic. So I, well, you know, I dropped, you know, yeah. a few hundred bucks on a drawing course and it was, part, it was exactly what I needed. I didn't want to like go through a million YouTube videos to like, you know, maybe learn, you know, pick up thing here or there. I just needed some really specific advice. Like just tell me what app to buy. Just tell me what pens pencil, whatever. Just tell me what tools to buy. I don't need to know. Like, here's my budget. What should I buy? <coughs> and so she's like, get these. All right, done. You know, I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't need to like investigate every little thing and it was worth the money to, to save all that time and just get, you know, right into the drawing stuff. Oh, I, I think it's a great point. I mean, I buy all kinds of weird little things sometimes and sometimes great big things. And there's something about hearing how somebody else is presenting this. And sometimes that's all you get out of it. I have a um, a friend of mine who bought a PR course and she'd probably, you know, bought five PR courses and hired PR people. But there was something about this particular one and the way the teacher described what to do that immediately grabbed her. And after all of that intake, I mean, I think she knew what to do, but she didn't take action. And then this last one, and it was like a couple hundred dollars for the course, she took action immediately. Now she has a plan. There's something she's doing every week. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, sometimes we just have to find the right combination of messages to get to us. And it doesn't come with the first thing that you read or the first thing that you buy. No, right. There's usually like a moment when the knowledge that you took in transforms into understanding because it's two different mm-hmm. things you're like oh now i get it like i know all this stuff but i don't get it yeah you know, it's that feeling where it gets under your skin mm-hmm. where the, there's the knowing and it's just it's like the light bulb goes off and that's so dramatic necessarily but it's it's like an energy push mm-hmm. to get you moving in the right direction instead of it's when you move past the absorption stage and you move into the action stage mm-hmm. right yeah Anything else on the mindset? I mean, I suppose it's obvious, but like writing all the time is really, I think, really good for your mind. And I like discussion. I mean, I'm not talking about like political discussions where we're just going to like argue because we disagree, but a discussion where somebody has an idea and we talk about it. I mean, I adore those kinds of discussions and I can almost see you. I can't literally see you, Jonathan, but I can almost see you rolling your eyes going, but not at all. I, I, I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, like an exploratory, like, like, it's almost like you need a surrogate brain to help you figure something out. It's like, I need yeah. to bounce. No, I totally do that. I do that. Um, well, you and I have done that, actually. Yeah, we do it after yeah. the show a lot of times. Yeah. We did a little bit before the show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, like, um, uh, there are certain people that I bring certain problems to, like when I'm just like, I need, I can't, I can't find a toehold on this problem. 
like I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm not seeing something. I'm blind to something. And uh, yeah, and there's just certain things like like uh, positioning stuff, a lot of marketing stuff. It's like I need to know what someone else thinks because the answer is not in my head. So the only cho- the only option is to talk to other people and get like some mm-hmm. kind of feedback. Not that you accept yeah. all the feedback willy nilly, but sometimes they'll just they'll you know uh, they'll turn the problem around or they'll ask you a question about why you're asking the question and all of a sudden you're like oh my whole premise is flawed or something like yeah. that yeah oh i know i love talking to people like that that just get you like flipped around and sometimes yeah. it's something really small like if you get a critique on something and it's it's bothering you and not just because somebody didn't like something that you did, but because you feel like there's some merit in it. Right. It's like how do you how do you sort through what has merit and what is like hurt feelings because you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of things I think it's helpful to pick the right person. You know, a person who can tell you when you're wrong or you're not seeing something. But th- those are those are really helpful kinds of conversations to have too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else in the the brain department, the mind department? Not that I can think of, but I'm sure, you know, there's some crossover with all of these. So. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so, number two. Yeah. The body. body. Yeah. So, gee, Jonathan, what do you do? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we were saying before the call, like the, you know, 2020 life after quarantine. Uh, I think, I think it was. Stephen Colbert, he was like, oh, there's a, you know, a study by Johns Hopkins University that people, you know, Americans put on like two pounds per month doing, during COVID. And I was like, oh, I feel so uh. seen. <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that remark. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you know, for sure, um, it was, you know, it's martial arts and I haven't, you know, we haven't been able to do that for an entire year. And, and ironically, I guess the year, right, like the very end of 2019, I had to do a 12, 12 week three day a week boot camp for uh, my black belt test and I was like in the best shape of my life pretty much like mm-hmm. at least at least the best shape in 20 years and you know and then COVID hits and I'm like back to where I was in that sum and it's just like ugh but I, I still do you know I still do some stuff but my level of activity is way down and it it affects my uh, mood you know yeah. and if my mood is not what it could be then that affects literally everything every everything like your whole waking Mm -hmm. even probably sleeping you know your ability to even get a good night's sleep without enough activity and i do i mean i still do i've got my daily list everybody knows about my daily list and i do like you know 100 sit-ups 100 push-ups you know kicking drills and stuff on the bag but it's not the same thing as like getting in a car and spending you know three hours in a gym three times a week you know I just want to ask you about that. Is there something about getting in the car for you? Not exactly. So I actually hate that part. Um, well, I was I, thinking the separation from yeah, you know your life at home to your life at the gym. Yes, definitely, definitely. I wish the gym was down the street and I could walk there, but it would it that uh, would be that would be perfect because it's like okay, I'm gone. And mm-hmm. because it's very you know i know spirit's the next thing but martial arts is actually both for me so yeah it it's is the it's the the physical aspect of it for sure but um and and i almost without fail dread the getting the kids in the car and make sure we have our belts and food and drinks and you know driving in traffic because it's like 5 p.m is you know when we have to leave <laughs> And so it's just like, uh, it's like this stressful thing that I don't have in any other part of my life. Like I never sit in traffic. I never have to drive anywhere. So when I have to do that, I'm just like, oh, how do people live like this? And then I get there and it's still chaos. It's like the kids classes and there's 80 people jammed into a space. You can see why Cobra shut down. Yeah. And it's just like a, just a crowd, which is not my favorite. But then mm-hmm. once I get into class and then in class, it's just like completely flips a switch. I, I, I literally couldn't think about my day if I wanted to. It's you're just so in the moment. And then when it's over, the the like the drive home at 930 is like, ah, oh, like so great. It's the best. It's the best. So the payoff is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I could teleport there. Or I wish I could walk there. But. Other than that, yeah, it's very important that it's a different, you know, it's like my church, you know, so it, for yeah. me, it's a gym slash church. 
Well, and, you know, for people thinking about this, it's kind of like you have, you know, your home is one thing and this other, you know, this place you go to get your, whether it's body, spirit, or a combination that, and so I guess then the ideal is to reduce the transition time between the two. But part of the reason I asked you is a lot of people like the transition time. You know, people miss commuting to Manhattan on a train, Mm -hmm. especially people like moms with small kids, because (laughs) it was the only time nobody's asking them for anything. You know, it's their time or the drive home from work, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I could see that. That's, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to commute, but I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, And besides, I've got the kids in the car with me on that drive. So on that one, yeah, it doesn't count. But yeah, but so, there's something about that engagement when you're when you're there in the class. You know, you, you can't think about anything else. You really focused. Um, you know, I think that's that's a real benefit when you mm-hmm. can find a body and or spirit practice mm-hmm. that lets you do that. Yep. And what and to to the earlier point about it changing over the course of your life. I used to be a runner, and mm-hmm. and that was very that was like my daily ritual and. Um, and I didn't need I didn't need a partner. I wouldn't I would have been horrified at the idea of someone being like, Hey, do you want to go running? You know, it was, it was quiet time. It was almost it was almost yeah. again, there's very I suppose there's probably a lot with me, there's a lot of crossover, I think, between body and spirit because the that's my that's my meditative state, you know, mm-hmm. when I would be running. And I used to go to the gym a lot too, but I always didn't I always did not like that. It was always a, a means to an end. I never liked going to the gym and like the mm. environment of a, you know, meathead kind of, you know, <laughs> pumping iron gym. But uh, but running was cool because it was a solitary experience. And and it's it. But I just can't do it anymore, like for a variety of reasons, physical and, and lifestyle. I just can't go running anymore. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so martial arts was that. Uh, but you know, whatever, as long as, and I have gone through phases when, uh, when I used to do, geez, this would have been like, when I first started my business, I had some years where I was working a lot of hours and it was like really, uh, it was really pretty busy because I was also trying to market the new business and write a book and get out, you know, not get hours in, but like clients needed, needed a lot of stuff done. And I could always tell when I was slipping because it, like a day would go by without running or another day would go mm. by without running and be like, okay, I could feel, um, I, I, I was highly aware of the fact that I was out of balance, very aware. It was, it was almost like a red flashing light in my brain. Like you're, you're screwing up. You're going to regret this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's always true, like always true. So I really need some kind of, some kind of, um, exercise and if i'm not doing it i know it's just ultimately going to affect my mood and that is just going to affect everything and it's going to be very far from having a sharp edge (laughs) well i think that's true for everybody but i don't know that everybody recognizes it Mm -hmm. you know the the couch potato needs that too Mm -hmm. it's there's just something about that flow of energy when everything's kind of firing on all cylinders that you know once you get it like once you experience it, it's really hard to go back to not having it. I think that's one of the things that's been a challenge with the with the whole COVID thing for a lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah, because you get the shame piled on top of it. Like, oh, I'm such a loser. Oh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, a yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's just the, you know I would never call myself a gym rat. But for me, the gym is, it's not spiritual in any way, shape or form. The gym mm-hmm. is work, mm-hmm. but I love it. It's just, I had a schedule. I yeah. go six days a week and, you know, it wasn't like I had to go exactly this time, but I went at a particular time of day and the workout I chose was heavy on the elliptical because, you know, my back doesn't like a lot of the other stuff. Exactly. So I would be able to read while I was on the elliptical. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, do I love getting two things done at once? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was amazing. And the other thing is there's something for me, I don't know if anybody else feels this, but there's something about the experience of moving and basically sweating. And I have my iPad in front of me and I'm reading and I read the big idea books then. And it's my favorite time to read them. And I'm bookmarking. 
these pages with these ideas and it's like everything just flows and then when i'm done and i do you know wait some days and and i do stretches and i do all that and i'm done and i go to you know start my work day it's it's amazing like my mind is free i have all these ideas it's like get out of my way (laughs) it's awesome yeah i love that yeah and you know and when covid shut that down yeah oh man That was hard. That was really, really hard. Still is. I, I just, I can't wait. I mean, the gyms are back open, but I don't feel like they're safe yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I used to do, uh, I used to say to Erica, uh, okay, I'm going to see Mistress Stairmaster. And, <laughs> you know, and I'd do the exact same thing. I'd usually, it'd usually be uh, podcasts or I'd be reading on my phone. And the only, the only drag about it was like when I came across one like a highlight it's really hard to do mm-hmm. it while you're trying to like also like, it's like you yeah. want to jump off and highlight the thing or like how do i capture this idea that i have but yeah, yeah. I, very hit, hit the bookmark in the, in the ipad that'll then you can come back and highlight later that works yeah, good idea <laughs> that's a great idea yeah um i and i think i don't think we can leave the body thing without talking about food so um or diet or like whatever like i don't know do you do you how much do you think about that Oh, I think about it all the time. I, I I carry around an app on all my devices, and it's the only app that gets to ping me. Uh-huh. And it's a it's a food app, and so I put everything that I eat into an app. That's funny. So do I. Yeah, and the reason I do it is because it's it's a consciousness thing, but it's also um, diets are math. And I don't use the word diet. It has die in it. I don't like that. <laughs> I call mine a nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to do is is this particular app rates your food. So I try to get a lot of A's and B's and just some occasional C's and D's. <laughs> you know, the fun stuff like ice cream or, you know, a piece of steak, something like that. And so, yeah, so I do that so that I don't really have to think about it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I, I find that to be really important because I want to be conscious of, of what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I, my, mine is a totally different kind of app, but it's for the exact same reason, which is to make me conscious of what I'm putting in my body. So it's just, my app is just like something I made. It's just a simple website. <laughs> of course you did. I love that. <laughs> it's just a simple website where you just write down what you ate and, mm-hmm. and like how many calories you ate. So it's it's essentially it's a calorie counter, but that's not, but I, you know, and I shoot for a, a calorie target per day to try not to exceed because I know what's going to happen if I do, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like crap. But if the, if the, and I know that ignores a million things like the makeup of the food and like all of that stuff, it's like very reductive to think of the calories, but the, the thing that it makes me do, cause I don't really think about food that much. Like I've gone through phases where I did, I ate like a bird like well actually i don't like worms but but just like <laughs> barely ate you know just like eh, I, I could care less um but with kids around and with all of the like all the food that's like you know the goldfish crackers and the oreos mm-hmm. and like and they're just out and it's just like yeah you know if dad if pounds what dad pounds dad pounds right yeah if, if i don't have the routine of writing it down I'll just like indiscriminately just throw something in my mouth and like, and who knows even how many times I do it. So, but when I'm, when I'm on the, on the wagon, so to speak of keeping track of stuff, it's this one, it's a half a second of like, do I want to write that down? Yes. And yes. And it's not even that I, it's not even the, the, it's pure laziness. I'm using pure laziness to keep me from throwing garbage in my mouth. By saying like, oh, I don't want to pull out my phone again. And so I just don't eat the Oreo or the cracker or whatever. Mm-hmm. It works like a charm. It works like a charm. Like when I don't, when I'm like not using it for whatever reason, I just, like when, I, for example, I stopped using it when I was going through um, black belt training because I needed every calorie I could get. I was like, I was just eating yeah. like a horse. It didn't matter. And, uh, and so I got out of the habit of using the tracker and then, um, you know, and, and this has happened to me in the past where you're like, oh, I'll, I'll never have to worry about this again. I'm in great shape. That'll never change. Literally never. I will be in this perfect shape forever, no matter what. And it's weird that your brain does that. It, or my brain does it. It does it. And then you just like rest on your laurels. And before you know it, you're right back where you were. So then I pull out the app again and it, it doesn't, um, it's just pure laziness. I'm just using pure laziness as the lever 
I just create some friction between me and that Oreo. And, you know, and this is like, like exhaustively detailed in James Clear's book, if anybody wants to actually read more about it. But uh, it's, it's just add a little bit of friction in front of the bad habits and take away a little bit of friction in front of the good habits. Put the apples on the, on the counter and the Oreos in the cabinet. Simple yes. as that. Yes. And when I was younger, the way I used to do this, and, you know, as the things change over time, I was like 187 pounds in, in my, into my 40s. Like I was my high school weight into my 40s. And then we had the second kid and it was all over. And, <laughs> and it's purely, I, I, I contest that it's not some metabolism thing. I really, I know it's not because I know my behavior changed once we had the second kid. And it was, it's pure behavior because before uh, I would, I would have all of my food discipline in the supermarket. Like nothing, mm. in the, I just wouldn't yes. have garbage in the house. There just was no reason to have garbage in the house. I would just go to the supermarket and just get clean food around the edges, like they say. You know, I yes. wouldn't go into any of the middle aisles at all. They wouldn't have cereal. There was nothing like that. There were no cookies in the house, and it was like okay, so we just have like fresh vegetables, yogurt, um, oatmeal, stuff like that, whole grains. Oh my God, I used to eat whole grains like they were going out of style. <laughs> and so I, I don't think, you know, so I think, you know, now I'm like probably 210, and, but it's all muscle. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Yeah. And it and and it's 100% behavior. It's not because I've got older. It's definitely behavior. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but getting, but things change. Now you've got kids and dogs and, um, and whatever. Yeah. Or in my case, a husband. Yeah. Oh my God. Those are the and worst. It, drives me crazy because he can eat all that stuff and not gain a freaking ounce. <laughs> so we've got usually at least five kinds of cereal, lots of sugar in that cereal, uh, mm-hmm. Oreos. Uh, we actually got a second refrigerator for the garage so he could keep his ice cream in it. <laughs> he's got, like there's always ice cream and he's not selfish. He'll buy the kind I like. And I'm like, no, Thanks. no. Enabler. <laughs> Exactly. But it's, you know, he can, he's, he's so funny in, in chips. We have like 20 kinds of chips and he'll say, well, just don't eat those. And I'm like, do you not understand? Like that's, if it's in the house, it's meant to be eaten. Do you not understand that? Like those Oreos call to me, like Mm. in the middle of the night, if I wake up, I can hear the Oreos. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, partially about getting your environment, you know, some of it's around discipline, but I think a lot of discipline is just not starting to begin with is yeah. not putting the temptation in front of you. Then you don't I need agree. discipline. I agree. Yeah. I think it's about setting yourself up to win really. Cause it's yeah. like, you could have like just a couple, you, you could have like an undisciplined hour a day and wreck everything. But so if you put a little bit of that, like, there's no way I'd go to the store to get Oreos. Like if I, you know, it's like, oh, yes. at night and I'm just like watching a movie or something. I'm like, you know, what would be good right now. Goldfish crackers. I'm not going to, I'm probably not even going to get off the couch, but I definitely am not going to go to the convenience store. I don't want them no. that bad. No. And you wouldn't even think about goldfish crackers or I no. wouldn't think about Oreos if they weren't in our lives. Like right. after you go, like, I never bought Oreos. Oh I mean, God, no. when I was a kid, but I, I, before I met my husband, I don't think I'd had an Oreo in 20 years. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so, so and the like, moral of the story is not to get rid of the people in your life, but <laughs> to find that middle ground where yeah. you can, yeah, where you can eat healthily and not go crazy. Right. Yeah. Like I haven't had a hamburger since 1992, probably. But, but that is such a well-known thing in our family that we don't have hamburger. Uh, yeah, you know I mean? kids don't need it either. No, nobody. Did. No, we don't have it. Like not yeah. happening. Yeah. Hamburger free zone. It's a hamburger free, you know, like red meat free zone. Like occasionally Erica will get something just for her, uh, but almost never, mm-hmm. almost never. And she's the same way with fish. So we never have fish at home and we virtually never have any kind of steak at home. Like maybe twice a year. Probably not. even. Mm. It's probably once yeah. a year. Yeah. You've created a habit for the whole household. For the whole household. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's like, don't, 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 I would not set myself up. I would lose if I set myself up to just have like discipline in the moment when I need it. I'd rather have discipline before I need it. And then I know when I'm weak, there'd be no option. (laughs) Yeah. I just, there's, you know, I said, I don't like diet because it has the word die in it. There's something about the word discipline. I just hate, it just sounds like school and somebody's going to wrap your knuckles. 
Right. It's like, I don't like, I don't even like the feel of the word discipline. Can you tell I like to be creative and free? But at the same time, I mean, we need some limits in our lives for different reasons. And so I like putting limits, boundaries, whatever you want to call them. I like having those and I like creating those and making them work. But it's so much easier than trying to tell yourself not to do something that's right in front of you. Yeah. Like who wants that white knuckle experience of like, it's just, it's yeah, I, I agree. I people have said to me in the past, like, oh, but you seem so disciplined. And I'm really not. I don't feel like I am. I don't because I guess I guess I agree, actually, that that feeling of discipline is the denial feeling. Yeah. It's like you're denying yourself things. And it's like, no, I just don't want them. I just just yeah. make yourself not want it in the first place. Or, or or even if you can't do that, want something else because your brain only has so much time in the day. So it's like if you want other stuff then like i can't it's like trying not to think about an elephant try not to think about an elephant right now it's like oh sorry <laughs> right but if i tell you to think about i don't know a giraffe think about giraffes well now you're not thinking about an elephant because i've distracted so distract yourself with yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't feel like like i'm no monk that's for sure it doesn't feel like i'm like denying myself anything at all i'm just like being an adult like i remember i remember one time thinking in in like college uh my when I first went to college, I had like an unlimited meal plan, not to harp on food too much, but <laughs> it's a classic one, you know, and, and I remember thinking like, wow, I can just like eat as many Fruit Loops as I want. Like there's no end to the pancakes I can stuff in my face. It's an unlimited meal plan. Mm-hmm. And I remember literally having the thought, no one's in charge of you anymore. Like I, cause I was moved yeah. out of the house. I was like, no one is in charge of you anymore. So you have to be in charge of you. And that that I've, I like looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I thought I was stupider than that, but that was a pretty good idea. Because <laughs> I was pretty <laughs> so you, dumb. You in didn't my 20s. get the freshman 15, huh? No, not at all. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But, but it was like, look, it's not, but you're right, though. It doesn't feel like discipline at all. I associate no. discipline with denial, and I don't feel like I deny myself a thing. I just well, don't because want stuff that's bad for me. Well, you're making choices. Yes. And then you have all the control. When we're making choices, we have the control. And so it's like why the, put it's yourself like the in the moment? One th- yeah, it's the one thing you can control is your behavior. You can't yeah. you can't control what happens to you. It's the the one thing you have control over is how you react to stimuli. So like decide how you're going to react, make a choice. And that's what the little food tracker does for me. It 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 clicks my rational brain on. It's like, "Do you really want that Oreo?" And it's like embarrassing cuz I don't even want the Oreo so bad that I'd pull up my phone first to eat the Oreo. Like that's how little I want the Oreo. Yeah. So I'm not denying myself anything. I'm just I'm just like thinking. Yeah. Well, I think the the app that I use, you you put in your food and then you put in your exercise. You know, you tell them, you know, how much weight do you want to lose or do you want to maintain? Sure. Mm-hmm. And you put your weight in and they do a body mass calculation as well. Mm-hmm. But what's funny sometimes is I'll put everything in, you know, I think cuz if if we're going out to eat, I don't know what's in it because I didn't make it. So I have to, you know, it's it's probably not searchable in the app if it's a local restaurant. So I'm trying to put it together. And then when you do that, it's all math, right? So at the end of the week, if it says you should lose a pound, you should lose a pound. And if I get on the scale and I don't lose a pound, I'm so mad. (laughs) I am so mad. And so it's, well, it's don't get on the, the scale. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I need to do that for me. That's just, you know, Rochelle's psyche. But I guess my point in that is that you, what it does for me is it makes me think about all of those things. So then I think back and said, oh, I got takeout from XYZ restaurant. I bet there's a lot more sugar, salt, fat in that than I thought there was. Okay, yeah. so next time, maybe I'll have them cut it in half and I'll put half in the refrigerator for another day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. It's data mm-hmm. is how yeah. is how I look at it. And it's, yeah, it's it's not so much for me, it's not so much that I don't want to put that extra cookie in the app. It's that I don't want to see what the number adds up to if I put it in. Yeah, it's different. Right, we have different triggers. Yeah. And, the, and the, those of us in the biz call that gamifying your behavior. <laughs> and uh, and that works too. So, you know, find what works. It's it's like, yeah. the thing what are your triggers? Works, what is the thing that's going to cause you to think and like and, and weigh? Because it's different. I mean, I, I read a quote recently that I loved that was, um, uh, I think it was from Naval Ravikant, I think his name is. And he said something like, he's like, all self-help boils down to short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. 
And it was like, oh my God, this yeah. is so true. Yeah. It help, the app helps me remember to think long-term instead of short-term. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like like uh, Derek Siver said, there's ice cream happy and there's not ice cream happy. So like there's the kind of happy, like, oh, I got to eat, I ate this ice cream and it makes me happy. And then there's also the, I haven't eaten ice cream in three months that makes you happy because now you're whatever, you dropped three pounds or something. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like two kinds of happy. And I, th- I think even he calls it short-term happy and long-term happy. And they, they're almost always in conflict with each other. If you're, if you're constantly serving short-term desires, you're probably not, I mean, probably that's going to lead to a lack of any kind of long-term achievement. So, you yeah. know, I'm not saying don't eat Oreos, but, but it's going to have a trade-off. And like, if you're not thinking about it, if you're just this like robotic activity, which is how I am when I'm not with food, that's how I am when I'm not uh, writing this stuff down on my phone. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, you know, when we talk about just body generally, it's, it's, you know, what you put in your body and how you treat it. And uh, I really like this idea of long-term thinking versus short-term thinking, but finding ways, if you have to trick yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. okay. You know, finding the ways to do that. And, you know, I think one of the ways that, that we do that is we find some kind of movement that really speaks to us. I mean, years ago, mine was bike riding mm-hmm. and I would do, uh, I did a bunch of century rides, which are a hundred yeah. miles. And if you had told me I could ride a hundred miles, I would have told you you were crazy mm-hmm. that there's no way I could do that. But, you know, I worked up to it and I loved it. There was this camaraderie with other people on these long rides and in the Midwest, they did it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mostly cause there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> do I think, right. but, yeah, <laughs> it gets you out of the city into the country. You're riding a whole day and it's, it's just, it was lovely. So I had to find when I couldn't do that anymore, I had to find a way to replace that feeling with something else. So, and again, I'm going to go back to the word discipline. Probably if it feels like discipline, it's not enough of, it's not, you're not loving it enough that you would do it absent the discipline. Yeah. Discipline is not. It's not a motivator. Something wrong there. If, yeah. I mean, I do think self-discipline is super important for sure. If but if you're constantly feeling this white knuckle kind of um, barely hanging on to the stuff that you're, you know what I mean? If you're mm-hmm. fighting it, if yeah. you're fighting yeah. with yourself constantly, it is really hard to imagine you're going to stick to it. And yeah. I don't think it needs to be like that. Again, I I really think the self-discipline is probably more to just set yourself up to win, have the discipline to set yourself up to win and put yourself in in uh in a friction, like doing the, making the right thing to do frictionless. Like I, so here's a common one that I, I notice myself thinking of all the time when I'll, t- I started now I'm drawing like, you know, probably every night uh, or every other night anyway, I'm drawing, I'm like practicing drawing. And, and I notice when I'm doing it that both of my hands are occupied. So I can't eat. Oh yeah. And I can't drink. And I don't, like where I'm on the computer, if I'm on the computer and like anytime I hit save or wait for something to upload, I can drink some coffee, I can drink some beer, I can throw some cashews in my mouth. It doesn't mm-hmm. occupy my hands. When I'm drumming, we bought a drum set a couple of months ago. When I'm drumming, I can't eat or drink. So I'm like, this is a great hobby to lose weight, not because of the exercise, but because it's an hour when I literally can't eat or drink anything. And I'm not thinking like, oh, I really wish I could have a drink right now. or I really wish I could eat a sandwich. Because I'm like totally rocking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're focused. Yeah, you're thinking about something else. Yeah. You're in flow. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that's the segue to talking about spirit. Because yeah. as I'm listening to you and even to myself talking and thinking about this, it, I think it helps when you're doing something with your body that is also feeding your spirit in some way. I mean, I think that's maybe what keeps us connected to whatever the physical thing is that we're doing for our body. There's that there's a spiritual payoff in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. I think there's a lot of overlap. I can certainly think of things that that you know, like playing guitar for me is never spiritual, but it's very physical. I love the physicality of it. I love the way it feels. Uh, I love the way it sounds. I love the there's like this feeling of of flying or power or something. It's like feels like you're like it's like in your stomach and uh but it doesn't do anything for me at all spiritually nothing so there's there's no connectedness when you do that to the world outside nope 
and, yourself. And, okay. and I barely ever do it anymore. Barely ever. Maybe because it doesn't do that for you. Yeah. Well, I think I got to the, I think I got to my, I got to the peak physicality that I'm going to get to. Like, like I could achieve more, like play cleaner or faster or better in some way, but I don't care enough. And, and it has no spiritual connection to anything for me. Um, it's, it's much, it's much more tied to the, the, my mental mm, motivation when I was 14 or 15 and I picked up the guitar was very much about impressing other people. Mm. I just wanted to impress other people with my mad shredding skills. And that just doesn't cut the mustard. It hasn't cut the mustard yeah. for me for 30 years. Like, I just like, whatever. I don't, it's external. I, yeah, it's totally, it, it's like, um, it, but in a bad way. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I think the spirit thing for me, and I, the martial arts is pro, it's probably 50-50 with me because there's a lot of, uh, our particular school isn't one of those like, like, tough guy military mma style things it's extremely service oriented Mm -hmm. and we always are doing charity stuff and always talking you know the kids have lessons in their classes every month there's a theme like whatever it is um you know self-discipline might be one or self-control or (coughs) um, i don't know i can't remember right now it's something about winning attitude the one they're working on now is like winning attitude Mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot of sort of mindset a lot of mindset stuff, a lot of behavioral stuff, a lot of like society stuff, how to be a better person, things like that. So, and it's clear, it's obvious to me, like I was never a church person, but it's obvious to me that a lot of, it's the same themes. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah. of the same themes. And for me, the the spiritual stuff has become more, it's become more and more obvious to me that it's really about that service posture, like adopting a posture of service and not just not impressing other people helping other people helping other people <laughs> right yeah yeah and i never felt like playing guitar was helping anybody never and I, and i can't even imagine how it would like at this point it's just it's that that activity has been ruined for me drums is not the same thing drums is different um i don't think i'm helping anyone but my skills are so bad that that the learning curve feels fun so mm-hmm. for me for me that's really a body thing it's not a yeah. spirit thing yeah or a mind too cuz you know you have to technique and all that kind of stuff. No, you have no, to think no, about there's it. There's no mind when I'm playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about anything but ACDC. <laughs> Drumming is fun. I did it when I was really young. It was really fun. It gets a lot of gets a lot of anxieties out. The truth comes out. Closet <laughs> yes. musician. I was a drummer once. But so, yeah, I, I sucked. So, so yeah, I'm not a musician. Oh, I'm terrible too. I don't. I hope I'm not giving the impression I'm good. Um, but so spirit, so what for you spirit, for me, it's a hundred percent about larger purpose. Like I, when I get emails from people that are just like, this came at the perfect time, or I, I did what you said and you're not going to believe it, but it worked and and like it's changed my life. Yeah. That stuff is the best, the best. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think of spirit because I think sometimes people equate that with religion and I don't, I think about it as how do you connect with yourself and others? Like what's inside, you know, kind of soul to soul kind of, kind of stuff. So it's about connectedness. It's about community. But for me, the big thing is meditation. And I've been all over the map with meditation, but I am at my best when I meditate for 20 minutes in the morning every single day. And I had to laugh. I actually thought of you this morning, Jonathan, when I finished because I'm on a streak and I'm (laughs) really motivated by the streak. I'm shocked by myself, but I'm six weeks into a streak every single day Mm -hmm. and I've made it a habit and I even make myself some, I shouldn't say my husband actually makes me lemon water so I can do it, you know, and I have a ritual around it. And for me, that meditation is everything. It centers me for the day. And the other thing it does is that it is all around service. It's like, how can I use whatever talents and passions I have for the people around me? And that doesn't just mean like in front of me, it could be somebody, you know, in, in China who's listening to something or reading something that I did. It's, it's the people I touch. How can I impact them in a positive way? And I feel like this is my California side showing. I feel like it's an energy flow. And sometimes 
Um, not all the time, but sometimes when I have a coaching call where I know we're going to be dealing with something really big, I'll take 30 seconds before I connect the call or the Zoom and just really focus on the other person and just, it's, it's a, for me, it's a visual image about how can I help? How can I bring everything that I have to bear for this person to help them? It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about that moment. So for me, that meditation is that it's like that connective tissue and it, it keeps me right. It keeps my head in the right place because I want, I want to keep giving, you know, yeah. and to do that, you know, we have to re- replenish our wells. You know, that's the mind, body. And for me, it's also spirit. That meditation gives me the ability to feel connected to everything. And the cool thing is stuff happens when I focus on it in meditation. Oh my God. So it's almost like magic sometimes. Yeah. So here's the thing, because we're getting dangerously close to the power of positive thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is total BS. But (laughs) I do know that, so, but I think there's a scientific explanation for it. And, or or maybe not scientific, but. Yeah, I don't care if there is or isn't. (laughs) I think it's a rational, you know, the, the, like what you just said totally happens. I've seen it demonstrated over and over in my life. And I don't, I don't think it's because, here's the thing that I, that drives me nuts is that 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 some people think that's that that just like this magical thinking is is causing things to happen by magic it's not that it's that you are take you are making different decisions because you know because you had that conscious thought you know like like um for example like you're focusing on helping the other person so it's going to change your actions you're not trying to impress if you tried to if you switch to i really want to impress this client you're going to make different decisions and different outcomes are going to come from it. At least this is this is my theory you're, anyway. Well, you're setting your energy and your intention is what this is what this is. Right, but it re- yes, totally agree and it results in behaviors that would would have not have occurred if you had picked different intentions. So, it's not the thing that the thing that scares me is people that think like I'll just be positive. Like, how do you even do that? Like, I'll just in the morning, I'm going to say self affirmations in the mirror. And, but then not change any behavior and expect something to happen is like comical to me. Well, the kind of point behind this is when you do things like make affirmations in front of a mirror, is that it does start to change. It just doesn't happen in a day. Your actions start to change because the strongest voice you have is your own. Yeah. Totally. Right. So if you right. start looking in the mirror and you look in the mirror and you see and you you imagine I'm ugly and you start to tell yourself, I'm a beautiful person inside and out. And, you know, you laugh the first hundred times you say it because you're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm ugly. No. But mm. if you keep doing it over time, you start to accept what you see in the mirror. I mean, that's a, like a really simple example. But the power of meditation is that you're focusing on something bigger than yourself. And for some people, that's prayer. Um, it's religion. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter other than that you find something that we all find something that works for us because that's what connects us to the world, not just to the people in our um, immediate family or our community, our physical community, but the world. Yeah. And I think it even goes bigger than the world of people. I think it's connected to the universe and like where your yeah. place is in it and like Absolutely. comfort with your own mortality. And we could go way down the stoic rabbit hole, but, but it's all important. Like, and I, and I think there's going to be, it's going to be, like you said, it's gonna be different for everyone. It could be meditation. It could be church, yeah. it could be whatever it is, but that it could be that of, you you work at your food bank and you 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 know you help people you touch them on the back and listen to their story. Mm, I mean that could yeah. be spirit. They're spiritual. Yeah. It's it's in the eye of the beholder. Right. I when I when I talk to somebody who's just like some soul crushing job and they don't know what to do and they just don't see any way out and they feel trapped. It's like the the answer is like the answer is simple. It might not be easy, but the answer is simple meaning that it's not complicated. The answer is go help someone. I don't care if that means bagging somebody's groceries or helping an old lady across the street or whatever, your soup kitchen or something. Just go mm-hmm. help someone. Give give a give a homeless guy asking for change on the street a bottle of water and, and a buck. Go help somebody. 
it will make you feel better. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. I yeah. promise every single time it'll make you feel better. And it'll and it opens up and the more you do it, the more opportunities it opens up. You know, there's this there's uh, I mean, there is there's something to be said for like a what's the ad? This sort of there's there's all these stories that you tell yourself that are made up. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. they didn't happen. Self talk. Yeah, it's. I'm not saying they didn't happen, but they're they're reinforced by you every day. Like if something horrible happened to you 40 years ago, and you're still dredging that up, then I mean, this is totally. I'm totally out of my depth here. But <laughs> Seth, Seth Godin, Seth Godin talks about this all the time. And people talk, you know, self-talk or the stories we tell ourselves. It is totally true. You know, yeah, it, can we have you, a dialogue. Can you monologue. just, right, right. Can you just change the story overnight? No. But if you're aware of it, it's almost like the food thing. If you're aware that you're, you know, do you really want this Oreo? You know, do you really want to keep telling yourself this story? I'm bad at math. I'm just bad at math. Or my favorite one is, I'm just bad. I'm good with faces, but I'm bad with names. It's like, Why? It's because you keep telling yourself that. Because you're not trying to remember somebody's name. You're thinking about what you're going to say. Well, yeah, you're using it, whatever it is, as an excuse. Right. Yeah. So if you you actually cared, you could do something about it. You're not just bad with names. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's the story you tell yourself. Or you see, you know, you see it with kids all the time. Like teachers, like, oh, you're just not good at math. Like, you're just never going to be good at math. And then what do you think that does to the kid? Yep. Then they're just like, I guess I'm bad at math. Yep. So it's yeah. like this unchangeable reality. No, it's a story that's been implanted in your head by yourself or someone else or an experience you had, and controlling your reaction to it. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if this. I guess this is in the spiritual department, but the thing the thing that the word I wrote down like ten things as you were talking, like that you know larger purpose, connectedness, meditation, knowing yourself, good karma. We didn't actually talk about that, but like. It's just kind of a thing. Yeah. It's, that's about as woo-woo as I get. It's good karma. <laughs> and I, it all does kind of boil down to like connectedness. I think that's the central, I think that's the central that's thing. That's what spirit is. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, a lot of people have equated it with religion because that's the way that many of us were raised, but it, it, it doesn't have to be, or it can be part of it, but there's still this connectedness, connectedness with other people and with yourself. I mean, if you think about for our audience, if your spirit or your spiritual practice, quote unquote, is working for you, you're going to be more comfortable putting yourself out there and putting your ideas out there because you're not telling yourself that you're not smart enough or you're not as good as, you know, insert the name of whoever is the guru in your space. (laughs) You know, when all of these things work together, what's great is that we can really focus on what we have to put out onto the planet, these ideas. And all of a sudden, yeah, you know, you worry about it a little bit. You're like, oh, you know, maybe nobody's going to like it, but you do it anyway, because you have the strength to do it because you're taking care of your mind, body and spirit. Yeah. You know what? You know what comes out of having your spirit battery charged? Confidence. And it's yeah. not, it's not arrogance. It's not this confidence that, um, it's not this confidence that you're amazing or whatever. It's just that you're enough. You're like, you're, you're like, yeah, I could do this. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, it takes away that fear that, that you see. It takes away the fear of, that you see in people who make promises they can't keep, or they have, they're telling themselves a story that's not true. Mm-hmm. And they get this ego defense that that they need to lash out to defend this house of cards that they have. Like if you're if you're shaking yeah. the table and they're that's underneath their house of cards, they're gonna freak out. Yeah. Like don't disturb the table. Don't disturb my underlying belief because I've got this house of cards built on top of it that will collapse if you question anything at the foundational level. And if you take away, if you spend this sort of time to be mindful and connected. And know yourself and you know it just like and it that's that's deconstructing the house of cards so you can shake the table all day long I'm still fine because the you yeah know what I mean yeah it's like when you know let's let's use an example of your your publishing content so you're producing content and you're publishing it and you know that the core intent behind whatever it was that you're putting out there is to help someone 
you, you just put it out there. You don't think about that. And if somebody doesn't like it, okay, well, tell me, tell me what didn't work for you. And you see if you can get a learning out of it. And you might, or you might not, you might ignore it. You know, it's not your people or it's not a point you're worried about. You know, you brush it off. Otherwise, you you fix something for the future. It's yeah. It makes all of this so much easier. So much easier. Yeah. yeah you're not you're, battling yourself. Yeah. Or like, how am I going to make a buck off of this? Because yeah. that is actually really hard. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really hard. It's really easy to help someone. Anyway. So, yeah, we're getting super woo-woo, but I guess we're talking about spirit, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I I think we don't talk about this enough in business. And we, we certainly talk about it more than we did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But the people in our audience here are, they're, you're running your own businesses or you want to. Maybe you're getting ready to hang out your shingle. And I think you can read and listen to a lot of things that are all about Work hard, hustle, hustle, <laughs> hack this, hack that. You know, this is about, you know, you've got to have your mind in the right place. You've got to take care of your body. And yes, I know. And yes, my pet peeve. And yes, you have to take care of your spirit because you can go without taking care of it for a while. I mean, I, I can yeah, point like to times. Yeah, to times in my life when I, I almost, you know, fell over from physical exhaustion and, and just not feeling like I was connected to anything. And then you put all of those together and you literally are unstoppable. Mm. Right. Like literally. Right. Literally. I mean, that word gets thrown around a lot, but it is literal in this yeah. case. Right. Yeah. You can't be stopped. Yeah. Because you know what you're, you're connect. It's a, there's something. What do you think about this? It's just occurred to me, but there's some kind of connection between this stuff that you do to recharge your spirit and having your big idea or your mission or your vision or those other things we talk about. It's kind of like that's a likely place for it to for you to become aware of what it is. Wait, say that again. So yeah, the, the reason the reason um, so like let's get more specific about literally can't be stopped. Like when someone shoots when you when you stick your head out above the crowd, someone's gonna throw a rock at it eventually. Mm-hmm. And when you think of all of these risks metaphors for risk like stick your neck out or out on a limb or on thin ice those are all like existential threats death will ensue if you death or serious Mm -hmm. injury will ensue if you go out on a limb or go on thin ice but the threats that we're faced with aren't anywhere near existential they're like someone didn't like my blog post or Mm -hmm. I invited famous person on podcast and they they laughed in my face or uh, you know these are not existential threats and so so the stuff that comes at you that would potentially stop you uh, those those you know slings and arrows or whatever uh, are, are like you know sticks and stones they just don't stop you 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 just it's not that you don't care you're just not concerned about it it's like all right, fine. You, you don't you, get the joke, and that's yeah. okay. But you these other people, off. right? You just shrug it off, right? You can't stop me. I know where I see my vision. I, I am conf- That's the confidence thing I was talking about before. It's not this cocky confidence. It's this confidence that you're doing the right thing, or you're doing a right thing at least. You're like, oh, here's a right thing to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on that mission. And then yeah. when you get the the things that might stop you, which are basically insults. Or, or arguments like what else could stop you could run out of money that could stop you um health yeah, there's other things but but there's so you just can't like if you're clear if you're clear you've got clarity around maybe a mission or a big idea or uh, a vision or purpose that's larger than you and and where do you get those things from this spirit stuff from like deep yeah. thought yeah yeah i mean I've occasionally had people come to me um, saying things like, you know, I want to be famous for X. And I'll be like, all right, so why? Why do you want to be famous? Right? You know where this is going. Uh, And we dig into it. Yeah. And so if the person can't attach themselves to a mission, they're not ready to work with me, basically. And it's not that they have to know what it is. They just have to be able to articulate that this is about something bigger than themselves. Right. And there's something, in, in my just observational experience, the more people can kind of touch on all three of those categories, mind, body, spirit, the more likely they are to have this, this idea that's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. 
that's about about service. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I, you know, I, I think I've said this before. I, my visual is, is um, you know, because I'm a woman, it's got to be Wonder Woman. And <laughs> it's like, you're, you're there, you're, you're not arrogant, you're confident, you're powerful in your abilities. And, you know, and you got those bracelets, you know, <laughs> somebody comes in and they don't like what you're doing. Just, yeah, okay. Deflect. Yeah, deflect. You don't, yeah. you don't have to kill them. <laughs> they just, <laughs> they just go off. They go away. You don't yeah. need to listen to them. You, they go away. Uh-huh. Yeah, the the I mean, maybe we should probably wrap up. Uh, I feel like we could we're going to get into inspirational poster territory. Um, <laughs> oh, we already have, but yeah. there's there's some there's some benefit in that too. Yes, yes. I mean, it's called for. I think in this particular episode, so that's that's good. Um, the the word I kind of want to bring up for anybody that's cringing at this because I would have been cringing at this a couple of years ago. Um, is the service word because I've always associated that so closely with, um, you know, organized religion and, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with organized religion, but I was like, I'm not an organized religion person. So service right. isn't a thing. Not for your me. thing. So, but I'm just so wrong. Like, and I know exactly when I realized that I was like, when that light bulb went on, I was reading book yourself solid by Michael Port. And he was like, and you know, t- 10 years ago, probably more at this point, And he was like, there's a line that to the effect of, look, you run a service business, so you need to be in service of your customers and your clients. And I was like, oh my God, it's right there in the name. And I never even saw it. (laughs) Right. It's so stupid. And I was like, oh, okay. 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 Now, now I get it. It was like that. It had, I had to be hit over the head with it that hard. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is, that was right around the time when I was like, okay, this is why value pricing makes sense and why hourly billing, because hourly billing is not in service of the client. It's in service of the seller. It's in service of you because you don't want to take any risks. You don't want to commit to any positive outcomes. You just want to get paid for the time you put in, regardless of whether that helped them or not. And most people want to, they'll say they want to help their clients, obviously, but then they don't set up their business in a way that actually (laughs) encourages that. Yeah. It's that fear. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's fear of risk. Like you're going out on a limb. So I think the the service thing, uh, I I just wanted to like kind of have an addendum on the end of this episode about that word service, because it, it used to turn me off and now even though I was, I was like in a services business, it turned me off. This like the singular form of that word to me was like for other people, uh, and then I was like, wait a second, I sell services mm-hmm. and professional services. services. <laughs> so all of yeah. a sudden, I was like, boom, light bulb moment, that yeah. baseball bat moment, and that that's what flipped it for me. I was like, oh, like that's like duh. And who would say I don't want to deliver positive customer satisfaction? I don't want to deliver ROI. I don't want to deliver. Uh, delightful business outcomes. Everyone wants to, but then they set up their business in a way that is going to discourage that uh, because they're scared. So stop that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm about to start a new episode, but okay. So I think, so the, I love this. I love this episode actually. Um, Good. Even, yeah. Keeping your edge, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, it's 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 easy to go overboard in any one direction, and it's it's fine to be more in tuned with one of the three than the than the others. But I think that when you can find enough of each one, not necessarily a balance, but enough of each one, Mm -hmm. that it it fuels you and powers you. It's well, well, I've said you'll be unstoppable. Literally can't be stopped, right? Yeah, literally. That that's what we. Very powerful to to see and feel and experience unstoppable (laughs) yep Uh, cool all right well we should shut up before we really embarrass ourselves i was gonna start to sing unforgettable (laughs) but yeah i don't want to do that in public Uh, thank you nice all right cool that's it for this week i'm jonathan stark and i'm rochelle moulton and we hope you join us again next time for the business of authority bye Bye bye-bye